welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Perfect Blend. My name is Candy. And I'm Shelly. And we are so glad you are here with us this week. We have another October read for you, a mystery of sorts. Mm -hmm. The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. Ruth Ware is a well-known mystery writer. She's written eight novels, and her first was In a Dark, Dark Wood in 2015. And this one's about her fifth or sixth novel, so it's in the middle. She has a new one out as well. She also has written a series for uh, young adult fantasy novels, and she loves to write cozy mysteries. So most of her mysteries are closed room types settings and just just like this one's kind of like that it's a little loose on that i guess she lives in brighton and her webpage is pretty cool because she has a lot of connections to her stories where she gets her inspiration from and she really has some good tidbits in there and she has that very cool murder mystery party game on there as well Ah, we were geeking out on that i know i loved it i want to do that i have to have a house decent enough to have people in but we're gonna figure it out we're gonna do it we're gonna make it happen we're gonna make it happen we make stuff happen so what tea did you you pick to go with the death of Miss <laughs> Westaway. Well, today I am drinking Tazo's chai latte, but it's a dirty chai. You know why? Because it rhymes with dirty lies. <laughs> and this book is full of lies. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's that's a good one. I went looking today. I went to Heritage Market, one of our mm. favorite places to go. I, I went really for something else. And while I was there, I picked up a new tea. So this is a tea for wisdom. It's by the Republic of Tea. Mm. And you're getting some of these. It's Blackberry Sage Tea for Wisdom. There was a Blackberry lot of unknown sage. things and relying on intuition and one's own wisdom for this book. So I thought that was appropriate. And I forgot. But I got my David's witchy tea mug out from David's tea that I had last year. Yes, I like that. I went to put it in our usual tea mug and I realized, hey, I've got that Halloween mug. I haven't even used it. I need to get that thing out. So here we are. I had to dig here it out. Are. I couldn't find it. A little yeah, treasure my, hunt. I got my little skull mug. I've been <laughs> using it a lot, but it's a very big mug. So I really only fill it up about halfway. It is. All mine are big too. But I'm excited to have my little David's tea cup and my Republic of Tea Blackberry Sage. That sounds good. It really is. It's the house smells like blackberry, like something's Mm. baking. Oh, Mm. so good. That sounds good. So good. We both want to thank you for giving us a listen. We would love it if you would leave comments or book suggestions and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy your time with us. Yes, that would be wonderful because we would like to hear what books you want to hear about and what teas we pair them with. The Death of Miss Westaway is a mystery novel, and it concerns a young woman named Hal Westaway, who is a poor and lonely tarot card reader who becomes embroiled in a mystery involving an inheritance, her family, and a possible murder. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So, Hal, I like Hal a lot. I had a lot of empathy towards her, and I really like the tarot card part of this Mm -hmm. story. Hal finds herself, like you said, in this mystery of her own life. She just kind of doesn't know 
know who she really is at all. And she gets tied up in, in a wheel in a state. And that brings her to a family that she didn't know she had and a group of people that she's really wondering if she even wants to know. <laughs> right. She's kind of out of the frying pan into the fire. She lives on her own. Her mother died unexpectedly when she was 18. And so she's been on her own for three years trying to navigate life and just survive. And not doing a great job of it. She is not really doing a great job of it at all. Her mother did not give her very much to really build on. No. You know? Other than no. she had the place, the apartment that they lived in. They had been in there a long time. It's actually it was closing down around her. The guy was getting rid of tenants. He was getting ready to try to sell it. He just was letting her hang on a little bit and a few others because right. he was actually trying to close it down. And she just did not have any, I wish she had more skills. Right. She didn't. She was always an outsider. Never really made a lot of friends. When she went after her mother died, she changed her appearance. And I guess you would say she was kind of goth. Mm -hmm. uh, all her grief came out that way. And the people that she grew up with didn't even recognize her anymore. She was working on the pier, doing tarot readings, taking over what her mother had done because that booth was offered to her so that she had this opportunity. But she had an issue with a loan shark where she had gotten a loan in her innocence or ignorance. And now they're knocking on her door. They're threatening her because the interest payment has ballooned. And so now she is in true dire straits. And right about this time, the letter comes that she has an inheritance and a family she doesn't even know. It's just kind of one of those things if you, that you kind of wish, it's be careful what you wish for, for sure. And she but, realizes she's probably not one of the relatives, but she goes into this with the thought, if I can get enough money to get this loan shark off my back, pay my debts, I will just be able to break even and breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's her going into this is survival mode. And then when when she gets there, she gets the shock, as so do everybody else, that she's going to inherit everything. Everything. As the granddaughter of this woman. And I so, give her props because she knows it's wrong and she doesn't want to keep deceiving these people. Even though she knows she has nothing to go back to. She just, she has a lot of gumption. She does bide her time out of grief a little bit. Like, I don't mean grief for the old lady that died because nobody liked her. But out of out of trying to be considerate of what was going on and trying to just see if there's something connection here that she actually is legit legitimately the inheritor of. She really thought somehow she was just not the right person. So there's some, let's see, there's, let's go through the character list too. There is Hester Westway, which is her grandmother. There is her uncle. She finds Harding, Abel, and Ezra. And the big strange thing is that they have a sister Margarita Westaway, also known as Maud. And they have a cousin called Margarita Westaway, who's also known as Maggie. Both girls disappeared 20 years ago. And the family's under the assumption that she's Maud's daughter. Yes. That's the only assumption everybody can make based on what they know. And Hal knows that she is Maggie's daughter. But she can't figure out what's going on because it was clearly addressed her name, her address where she lived, who she was, was in the will, just like she is. And how can that be if she's not Maud's daughter? So that's, that's part of the mystery. And there are other things going on as well. Something sinister is underneath everything, underneath the there. dust and decay. 
of the house. There is a creepy housekeeper, Mrs. Warren. <laughs> I cannot believe that Harding let that 80-year-old woman slap him on upside the back of his head. <laughs> I just still, I, I guess they were traumatized was... so badly in childhood that he reverted back to being a kid. But I just, it's <laughs> like, you ain't not going to put hands on me like that woman. She was horrible. <laughs> she was horrible and she was scary. And she reminded me of Mrs. Dudley founding <laughs> of Hill House because she was like, everything has to be at this certain time. Don't ask me. We are eating at eight. We are eating at six. It's, that's it. This is all we're having. Nothing else. <laughs> Stay out of my kitchen. Yes. Nobody can come in my kitchen. <laughs> and she, she was fed, like that. She fed him some terrible food. I mean, oh. it was bad. And we're sitting here, we're talking about the foods that we're making for dinner. And I'm, I'm pulling this the chicken out of the oven thinking, I would be so embarrassed to feed people that. <laughs> Some, some dried up, yeah. gray potatoes. Soup. <laughs> what do you think about her behavior? Why do you think she was that way? Well, going into it, you know, while it was happening, I thought hmm, she did not like Hal at all. She basically called her a dirty slut and her mom was a dirty slut and she should get her dirty slut ass out of here. <laughs> basically. basically. It was rough, scary and upsetting, but she wasn't like that to anybody else. So I thought, well, maybe this is a class thing. Like her mother was like this orphaned person who came in and besmirched the family name by getting pregnant. And so you kind of felt like that, like then that she still was irritated by the past transgressions of Hal's mother. And so I thought that's what was going on a little bit. Like she was just really very uppity about the family and protecting the family. And she just was a little bit crazy. But then I was very irritated because she knew so much and you knew that she knew a lot more mm -hmm. about what was going on and she wasn't going to tell anything. She just dropped hints to Hal about her mother and things like that. And I mean, Hal did do some digging around and found some more information with a photo album and that kind of helped her start understanding a little bit more. But really, if I think Mrs. Warren really could have just kind of laid it out to her since she knew, but I don't know. It was weird. She was a cruel, heartless woman. She was. I can't imagine the mother was worse because she the was their worse. mother. It's unconscionable to take in someone who has nothing, to rub it in their faces that they have nothing while you have everything, to treat someone so terribly when they've already suffered a loss. And Maggie lost her parents, so she was an orphan and they took her in and they made sure she knew she was a charity case. And Miss Warren was just vile, absolutely vile. I have no, no nothing for people like that. I really don't. I've experienced it in my life. And there is just no excuse for treating people in circumstances that way, children especially. Well, Mrs. Lestaway was worse, in my opinion, because oh yeah, what she did to Maggie and locking her away. Then on top of it, I, we also got a few little inklings that she was also not very nice to Abel. She was not exactly nice to Harding. I mean, she was very nice to Ezra, as everybody seems to think that she was only nice to, to him. Them, but the rest of everybody was get out of my be, not be seen and she was just mean she just seemed very she mean. she was a cruel person as well and miss warren was kind of like her her sidekick mm -hmm. oh good i get to if you're going to be cruel to people that means i get to too her little minion and they both <laughs> just treated them so terribly and each got their own 
type of cruelty. It's like she did the best cruelty she could in turn for each of her children to really yeah. turn the knife. Horrible person. So this house is a big sprawling mansion, English manor house, I'm assuming. And this is the ending line of a long, wealthy family. And it's all to ruin. Nobody yeah. wants it. They all Nobody want wants to be it. as, they wash their hands of it. They want to be as far away from it as possible. And Mrs. Warren mocks them for coming just to come get those crumbs that Miss Westaway would probably leave them, even though they they ran as fast as they could and stayed away. Yeah, they didn't really even keep in touch with each other. I think because the mother not only was cruel to them, but one of her cruelties was to turn them against each other. Yeah. So she's cruel to them. She has this, and poor Maggie is locked up in the attic, and she is blaming her for something that she she knows. She knows who else is responsible, and she takes it out on Maggie even more instead yes. of the person she needs to. Yeah. Just a, a cruel, vicious coward. Mm -hmm. And even to the end, when she writes her last letter to Harding, she puts at the bottom instead of mother. Oh, what is the phrase? It's a French phrase that she uses. I have it down mm. somewhere. The, the one about the flood. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't, I don't yes, know. The, it. Basically, after, after me, après vous, la deluge, mm -hmm. the, the flood is coming. And so she is going to leave them to scratch it out among themselves to try to figure out the mystery of something that she could have nipped in the bud. It's like she was strong enough to be that cruel to her children. It looks like she could stand up to a very wrong thing that one of them did. Speaking the, of which, mm. did you know? Were you surprised at the end? I was surprised. The whole twist of it was that... <laughs> Hmm. Were you surprised the way it ended? Did you expect that? Did you know it was coming? I kept wondering back and forth about Hal's mother and father. That's the big mystery. Who is her father? But I also felt like her aunt was missing and that somehow there's still this part about her that we're not getting the answers to. And truthfully, I was afraid she was going to be locked in the attic being punished forever or something. So I just had a lot of where is Maud moment. Why is mm -hmm. nobody even asking? Why are y'all not even looking? What in the world? That kept getting in my brain. But yeah, I was kind of surprised. And it was always, well, is it Maud or is it Maggie? Is it Maud or is it Maggie? Is it Maud or is it Maggie? Which one I is it? The author did a good job of keeping you confused on that. She didn't give enough away. So it really, you had to get to the end to figure it out. There were a couple of clues. Hal learned tarot from her mother. Right. And her mother was always stressing that it was an illusion and to not believe in the illusion. What did mm -hmm. you think about that? Because a lot of people put a lot of, a lot into the belief in what the tarot cards read and how and her mother told her to not do that. That well, people are looking for the illusion to help them and so Hal never believed in it either. So what do you think about that I don't that think that's necessarily thing? true. I think how how didn't believe in it being a fortune what she said and this is true. This is what I believe too, is that the reader brings to it what they need to hear. And so they are looking for a visual image to help process and meditate on even in their own subconscious way between the tarot reader, her cards, and then the seeker. And so that how stated perfectly, in my opinion, mm -hmm. she said that it was really like tarot is not an answer to your question. It is a possible answer at this time 
based on the situation that you are in. Once knowing and what happens after that is still up to you and things change. So the tarot cards do not bring you an answer for whatever tomorrow, five years down the road. It tells you with your energies, your vibe right now, what is a possible situation or answers to what you're looking into. So that for her to say that to me was the best way that I would have also explained what tarot does. She can help it that other people want to attribute more to it or that they need to hear her. They actually push her into saying things sometimes. Right. Um, right. Because they want that answer. They want to hear, they want that answer. So I don't think Hal's a hypocrite in tarot reading. I think she understands quite well its purpose and how it does work with the human psyche and people working together. I mean, it could be anything. It could be as pictures that you're sitting there. It could be a Rorschach test. You know, you're just trying to, what do you see? How do we look at that? How do you interpret that? So Mm -hmm. it's very much that same kind of line. I didn't think she was a hypocrite in saying Mm -hmm. that. I thought it was interesting that she pulled that out and that her mother, because in the beginning, she's pulling the cards and reading them. And it's alluded to that her mother would use the cards and love the cards. And then you hear that the mother's telling her, don't get so wrapped up into it. I thought it was spot on what she said. I just wanted to hear your opinion on it. And uh, one other thing that she said that I thought was interesting, when they gave themselves over to superstition, they were giving up on shaping their own destiny. So while people were turning their attention away from the things you can change, they do that because they, they turn their attention from what they could be doing to make a difference, to search for signs that are going to change their fortunes. You know, the time I think people look for things that to affirm what they already know. <laughs> but that's one thing she kept going back to when she would read the cards. She would look at the what the meaning behind the card and then, okay, what is my intuition telling me? What do I already know? What is this spark in my head? And I just thought it was a really interesting way. It's kind of almost like a way to focus on a meditation to help yeah, exactly. you clear your head. And a lot of people, I don't think, I don't think see it that way. They want an answer. They want maybe a different outcome than they already know what the outcome is. They just like, they're looking for that outside source. I just thought all that was really interesting. And she alluded to when people do that, when they're seeking for a sign, it's like, so they get a card and they're seeking for signs to help them when they should be looking at the street, but they're getting ready to cross so that they don't step in front of traffic <laughs> right. kind of thing. Well, that's I was like, true. It's true. Yeah. I was really thinking too, I feel like like how had some clairvoyancy because of when things were starting to get really tough and she had these dreams and she kept seeing cards pop up in her imagination to help her piece out, solve some of the mystery that was going on. So she did have, to me, it was some clairvoyancy because she saw certain cards that were reflecting the situation that she was in and she interpreted them in her mind. She's like, oh, I see the star. I see the, and, um, and she was describing the vision of the card and she was describing and she was working that out in her mind about things that were going on the puddle of blood and things like that she didn't mm-hmm. save herself from the tragedy that happened at the end she didn't save anybody else from their tragedies in the end but she did use those cards as her way throughout to work out what the situation was and, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really well done piece of writing if you study tarot and you look at those cards they do mean those things she was very descriptive and very spot So I appreciated that part of it. She she would ground herself, make herself slow down and not try to run away with 
all the possibilities, but to slow down and take it one thing at a time and really be present and calm. And Mm -hmm. I think that really helped calm her and ground her so that she could figure things out because my God, it was twist and turn, twist and turn. And you didn't know, there were so many things you didn't know. They didn't get along. They weren't close. So she had all these things thrown at her and trying to figure out what happened. So it was was a conundrum all the way up to the end. I will say part of the book took me a while to figure out where were we headed with this. I felt like we spent a long time getting to the climax and the action part of the story. It took forever just back and forth of mm-hmm. we're going to this house we're going to hear about this will we're and her fretting about whether or not she can go through with this deception yeah. i felt it like that did. just went on for a long time it did but i was glad that i hung on past it because there was a chunk in there that i was going what is going on here where where is this headed give me something i had written down in my notes when i started reading this right off the bat is harriet blank's child i'd gotten it i knew mm-hmm. who it was mm-hmm. early on in the book so it was like ha 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 I got that and right. I kept going back. Certain things in the book, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not right because of A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. but I still don't know everything. And I just have this feeling. So I did, but I was still very surprised at the ending and how it all played out. I was so surprised at the ending and how horrific some of the characters became. Well, that was good. I'm so glad you said that because have my a question for you is who is the real villain in the death of Miss Westaway? I don't know. I would I that's hard. There's a bunch of bad people in here, really. I mean, you've got horrible Ezra, you've got horrible Mrs. Westaway, and you've got poor Mrs. Horrible Warren that nobody cared what happened to There's her. There's no poor Mrs. <laughs> she was just an evil woman. She wasn't even worth the ELO song. She was <laughs> not even. Or the Cliff Richard one. No. No devil woman. You Don't even sing a song about her. She was that bad. Yes, yeah, she was she just She does not need to be remembered in any way. She was just... And, and we we learned that she can love at the end, but it's it's a sick, twisted love. And you wonder... Oh, my gosh. How, yes. How could you? How could you... What kind of heart do you have to, to love? There was something under... There's an undercurrent mm. in this story that doesn't come up until very close to the end about well I don't want to give away too much but the unpunished child growing up to be a horrible person and just being able to somebody who's just so terrible and doesn't have any consequences in their life and is always allowed to have their way and always allowed to get away with whatever they want and the consequences of that but I also saw a side that maybe the two women in this house were also afraid too of this maybe Maybe so. We don't get from the story that he was a sociopath. He's not killing animals, pulling wings off of flies and things like that. You don't get that sense until something happens later in the book. So I don't really, I don't even know if I could say that that other character is evil and through and through. If he's a product of his environment at a certain point that he thinks it's okay to get away with something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of factors, but it goes back to that the two West Mrs. Westaway and Mrs. Warren. I know who to cut from the same cloth. Yeah. So I wonder what their creepy story is. Ugh, who knows? So what do you think that happens after the conclusion of the novel? Do you think that she's going back to the house? 
I that hope anybody she does. go back to the house. I hope they do because I hope that things go in another direction. She already had some plans in her head about what she would do if she mm-hmm. took to turn it around. Do you think so, the family will have redemption and actually be? I a felt family that that's now? where it was. I felt that that's where it was going. I feel like they pulled the weeds and now the flowers can bloom. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I hope that I. I, it's not something I think that you could do into a sequel, a novel, but I hope for them that they do find that. And I think that Harding's wife is going to be a big part of making sure that that pulls everybody together. I, know. I really loved her. I wondered about her at the beginning, if she was just a conniving socialite wife who had mm-hmm. her own little reasons for being nice. But mm-hmm. I really, really liked Mitzi. She, she was a great character. She was she, the true heart in that story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she was so forgiving or trying to be understanding of everybody, even the most heinous things. Mm-hmm. She would try to, she's like you, she'll put a good spin on it and always try to find the positive. You are the, our person. <laughs> you are our Mitzi. <laughs> Well, okay then, dearie. We love you for that. (laughs) So I imagine we could talk about this. Ruth Ware we could talk about probably all night because her, the thing about Cornwall and the murder mystery thing. Oh my gosh. We could go on and on and on, but we figure you probably have things to do. Maybe you have your own murder mystery party to go to. This is a great, she is a great writer and she is very well beloved for some of her books. Many of them are going to be slated to be on Netflix. So don't be surprised when you hear that one of these gets thrown on Netflix, the It Girl or In a Dark, Dark Wood or some of those. You have to read them. You have to try one of Ruth Ware's books out. So we will be back same tea time, same tea channel next week. I'm excited about next week because this is history that is close to home for us. That's right. This is local stuff. And we're going way back in time. We are. We are. 70s. Well, later than that, the 1600s, but it was written in the 70s. So we're going, yes, we're going way back. We'll give you a little bit of local history in our story. So you can catch us on the usual podcast channels. You can catch us on Instagram at the perfect blend underscore SC or on um, Facebook at the yep, perfect, blend. perfect blend or on our webpage at the hyphen perfect hyphen blend.com. And until next time, <laughs> just read, read and sip, sip on. on. You, you're going to love this blackberry sage. I'm oh, just good. saying Thank it you. makes the house smell so good the whole house smells good and it tastes really good and the the further down you get into it the better it tastes so let it steep oh well i'm excited i feel i feel wise (laughs) (laughs) well i need some wisdom i I better get some soon okay wonderful we'll see y'all later all righty bye bye